Welcome back, everybody. It is Shelly and Adam, Marketing Monday, second episode of 21. Is that right? Second episode? Mm-hmm. Okay. Third. It is the third? Because we have Shaylee, and then we had Mark, and then now this. Right. I mean, technically, it's like your second because you were not really present last week. Yeah, I was a black box last week. But uh, yeah, we're going to have an awesome discussion today. I don't know. Have we had another photographer on at all? Um, We we did, but it was more, um, it was Alana with um, Wild right. and Wonder. Yep, that's so right. So it was a different kind. Well... We, I'm kind of surprised it took us this long to get a photographer on um, because that is a hot contested market in Sioux Falls. And Paige is wondering how do we break through yeah. through everyone else? How do we how do we rise above? And Shelly and I are going to see if we can help you at all. So Paige, can you introduce the people or introduce yourself to the people, the thousands listening right now and yeah. uh, let them know who you are? Sure. Well, my name is Paige Goldaddy, and I own Paige Goldaddy Photography. I am a wife and a mother to two children, and photography was never something that I was interested in until my best friend, who does everything like I do and vice versa. We like to follow each other's life patterns. Um, She started taking pictures of her kids, and she bought this DSLR camera and was telling me about it, and it took me a couple years to jump on. She let me use her camera. Um, and I started taking pictures of my kids and I got hooked. Mm. How, um, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? How old am I? Yeah. 31. Okay. You and I are the exact same age. The reason why I asked that was because I remember my first digital camera. My dad has always been kind of like a tech geek and he's always buying like the latest and greatest technology, even though he doesn't really need it at all. (laughs) But I remember him buying one of the first digital cameras that was like, you know, reasonably priced and everything like that. And the, the quality was so terrible. But it was like <laughs> the convenience of being able to pull out a card and put it into sure. your computer and yeah. everything like that. And I remember okay. taking, taking Photoshop class back in like middle school um, for like creative arts or you know whatever it was. Um, yeah, I've, I've always been pretty interested with... Um, with photography myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're taking pictures of kids. What's the mm-hmm. kind of photography that you're into right now? It's uh, had a look over the page and it seems like family um, yeah. and portraits and stuff like that. Yeah, I do a lot of family, senior sessions, some kids session, couple type stuff. Um, I, I like to dabble in all things just because I feel like it really helps me grow creatively. So if people are interested in other things, I never turn them down. Um, but mostly kind of families and couples and seniors. Excellent. Shelly, what do you, what do you got served up for Paige? So I guess one of my, um, one of my first questions I have is tell us a little bit about what, what you're hoping to do with this, right? So like you, I think in order to get a full picture of what we, um, what you're wanting to do, we kind of need to know a little bit more about you and like how this fits into the rest of your life. Yeah, sure. So, um, Shelly knows me from the birth world. I also own a very small business teaching childbirth education and 
that company in itself and its niche was really hard for me to grow and to find my my market. Um, so when I switched over photography, I used all that skill and I realized like things are growing super fast. I haven't had to do any marketing, really any advertising and word of mouth, which didn't work for my first business is working wonderfully for this. And so kind of at the same time when I transitioned, I got a full time job. I was part time. And so I work full time at the hospital as a nurse educator. And so now this fits into my off time, my weekends and my evenings. And I'm trying to figure out how to strategically grow to still fit into my family life, but still grow my, my business. Do you know, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so how much, how much, sorry, Adam, like to expand on that, like how much time do you envision in the next three months, six months, 12 months, dedicating to this versus your full-time job versus the family? Yeah. You know, the nice thing with this is when I'm on like scene shooting, it takes me a half hour to an hour. So I can get multiple sessions in in an afternoon on a weekend, spend evenings or nights editing when my kids are sleeping. So I, I don't know like how fast I'm going to grow. I'm not sure with that, but I definitely could spend, you know, 10, 10 hours a week and get in five sessions. So it totally depends on how fast I grow. Um, I don't ever want to like overwhelm myself to the point where I'm doing it every waking moment outside of my normal life. Um, but I definitely want, I, I found that it's really profitable and I've been able to um, get an in-home studio that I'm starting. So I think that things could grow there during the off seasons when it's cold outside. So I'm not sure yet on that. And you, do you want this to stay as just kind of a side hustle fun thing? Or do you want this to grow into your outside? Like, do you want this to replace your full-time job? I don't think right now. I think down the road, like when I'm much older, potentially going part-time in my nursing career. But I worked really hard for my degree. And I don't want to lose that. Yeah. Um, so the first thing would be that the... I, it's funny, but the, I think the stark differences between doing a birthing business and then like a photography business, the life cycle of your customer is a little bit shorter with the photography business because they might want family portraits done like once a year. You know, people only have kids like that same family only has kids like every at most nine months. Like, right, right. You know, so life cycle is a little bit shorter there. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> the the other thing is. Uh, so you just do a session right now. Someone says, Hey, this, this gal did an amazing job. You should really hit her up. And then, um, and, and then that's how you've grown so far. Pretty much. Yeah. I've done some like Facebook ads and things like that. Instagram ads. Um, and that has gained me some traction, uh, but mostly it's word of mouth. So if you're trying to keep this, my uh, the first thing I'll uh, I guess we'll talk about is if you're not doing any marketing right now and it's just word of mouth, and you're wanting to keep this strictly part time, I would try to figure out what your upper limit for how many clients you want per week, um, at, at maximum, and it can be a it can uh, it, it can be a fairly low number, but. 
sometimes, not I'm not saying that this is the case, but sometimes when someone spreads really rapidly by word of mouth, it's usually due to two things. One, they're either incredibly gifted at their craft, like they just take insane photos, or two, they're a little bit on the cheaper side. Mm -hmm. And so if it, if I'm in your shoes and I actually did this, I figure out how many how, how much I how much work I want to do per week and then I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to raise prices by a couple hundred dollars and that'll chop off the bottom 10, 20% of people. Um, and then that way, when you're doing a session, you're energized. You actually want to be there and do it. You, you might actually bring up more creativity for you because you're like, okay, I, I feel like I'm kind of doing the same thing. I want to, I want to do something a little bit spicier, you know, a little bit, something a little bit different because you know, these guys, these people are paying more for it. Um, so that would be my maybe something I would look at if I were you. Not I'm not saying you're cheap. I'm just simply mm -hmm. saying that you know if you think about um, if you think about the conversation between people when they have a photo session done, uh, person says person person puts out the pictures. Family members all say, "Oh my God, that's amazing work" or whatever. And then you know maybe the messages are either going to be one or two things. They're absolutely phenomenal. They're not cheap, but it's absolutely worth it, as you can see from the photos. Or, yeah, she's really reasonably priced. Like, you should mm -hmm. definitely hit her up because it really didn't cost us that much money to get this done. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just simply saying in your situation where you're part-time might be something to think about. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think one of the questions you asked us was how to strategically grow um, and increase profitability. And I think that comes into backing into that number, which is basically similar to what Adam says. So you can either back into it by number of clients or you can back into it by dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So you can say, like, if you have, if you want to be earning, you know, $1,000 a month from your side gig, then in order to do that, how do you break that down? You know, if you charge... 250 per session, well, $1,000 a month is only four clients per month. You could do one a week and earn a thousand, you know, if you're charging 250 per session. It just depends on how you want to back into that, into that number. But I think that's what I offer to most of like my clients when I'm trying to help them figure out how to set their goals for their store or for clients, depending on the business. But it, if you back into the number is generally the easiest way to do it because then once you know that, then you know how much to market, you know who to market to, and it really helps you narrow in that focus that if your heart isn't with people who can pay $250 for a headshot or for an outdoor family session, or you know if you're limited because you can't do outdoor sessions in the winter, then you know you have to focus, okay, to earn $12,000 this year for my part-time gig, I have to focus them during six months of the year because I can't do outdoor sessions because I don't have an in-home studio yet, you know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And and charging more for services um, as a way of accelerating whatever your weaknesses are in business, as a way of accelerating like, okay, uh, in the wintertime, I can't do outdoor sessions. Well, how would I get around that? Do I need to rent out a studio? Do I need to build one right. out? And yeah. if you're only earning, I'm just going to throw a number out there, not saying this is what it is, but I'm just saying if you're only earning $500 uh, a month or whatever off of your side gig that's a really hard mm -hmm. proposition to build out a five grand for a studio right like that payoff is a long long time um whereas you know if you're i, th I think a thousand dollars per month is a is a fairly decent number or you know twenty five hundred dollars a month would be fairly decent but 
yeah, figuring out that number for you or figuring out where the weaknesses are in your business to try and keep it to where it's a steady income all year round. That's a, um, that's a, that's a great way to go about it too. So great. Jelly. The, the other piece to that, that you added into that same sentence was about um, customer service and still keep up high customer service with that. So can you explain a little bit more like what, when I think of customer service with photography, like I think of what I'm provided, right? So like when I think of customer service, is it I see the photographer at the photo shoot and then they email me a digital file and that's the only interaction I ever have with them. And in that, like in my mind, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but in my mind, that's what usually happens for like mini sessions, right? So like you pay like 50 or hundred bucks for a mini session, you show up and then you get the digital files and you never really interact with that person a whole lot again. Versus if I'm paying a photographer for like family pictures and I'm expecting an hour long session and all of that, you know, what, what's the difference to you in customer service versus what ha- what do you think that your customers are expecting for customer service? Well, I just see these awesome photographers rocking this. Like their Instagram feeds are full of like informational data for clients. They're giving out like what to wear and how to get your kids prepped and things like that. That I'm kind of like, how do I reinvent the wheel? Because I don't want to copy what they're doing. This is great ideas. So that kind of thing. But then also they're providing like prints. So do I stick digital? Do I move to prints and offer like higher like quality content in that version or um you know do i try to get phone calls going instead of just emails i get a lot of people emailing do you stick to that since that's how they first contacted me that's probably their preference point like that's what i'm wondering like if my customer service stays high um how can i improve that to make it worth people coming back to me so have you i'm gonna do you know what a customer avatar is Mm -mm. Okay, so after after we get off today, I want you to Google what a customer avatar is. We only talk about it every show, so you've already oh, shown yeah. your hand that you don't <laughs> listen to our show every week. <laughs> I talk about it a lot. Um, but basically, like once you know who your customer is, that's going to answer a lot of those questions for you, right? Okay. So like once you, a customer avatar is basically creating like a fictional person that's your ideal customer. So in your head, who is that ideal person that you're marketing to? And then you're going to like write out every freaking detail about that person. Where do they vacation? Where do they work? How many kids do they have? How old are they? What color jeans do they like? Like what's their style? What magazines do they drive to? Like everything. Because then that's going to tell you a whole lot about that person. And then when you're trying to make these marketing decisions, like are they, do they spend all of their time on Instagram? Do they want to have coordinated clothing with their shoes? Do they, are they getting their, you know, inspiration ideas from Magnolia? Are they, you know, whatever. So that's going to tell you a whole lot about that person versus if the person that you're trying to market to is, you know, they want to pay a hundred bucks for a session and they're going to, you know, show up in jeans and maybe a, a colored t-shirt for each of them. And they don't want to spend a lot. Like there's a, those are two totally different people to market to, yeah, right? For sure. And it's not saying you won't pick up people in the meantime, but if you know who you want to market to, then you're going to try to hit that ideal person and you'll pick up some of the people on the side along the way, but you need to hit that ideal person And if that ideal person is getting their marketing from Instagram, then you know that's where you need to invest all of your time and your effort and your money. If that ideal person is on, you know, I'm using social media, so Facebook or TikTok, or if that ideal person is picking up magazines, that's going to be a totally different way to advertise to Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. For sure. 
Uh, yeah, I think that number one, what I would do is just ask your previous customers. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, um, I'm looking to double my business this year. Do even more people. Is there anything that I could have done that would have made the experience even better and be prepared to like, get some like, you know, good harsh feedback or whatever. And I would even maybe incentivize that a little bit because every time you incentivize for feedback, it really accelerates everything as far as um, you get more feedback, which means that then it's, you you get more data points, which means that you can figure out what you want to do and keep going from there. Again, make sure that you're okay with the feedback that you get. Like if someone says, yeah, you know, the quality pictures just really weren't there. Make sure that you engage with them and say, was it, was it the editing? Was it that the actual size of the file wasn't good enough? Like what was specifically wrong with that? Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of build out what you think would be the best way to roll forward with your customers. And I hope that you are putting in all of your customers' data in somewhere. You've got name, yeah, phone am. numbers, email, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I'd be using something like MailChimp to just to keep up to date with them. Um, every spring, in fact, I would even almost like do like a monthly newsletter of like, um, every family that you do, do a couple of photos of each family, put it in a monthly newsletter, send it out because that's going to spark up the moms wanting to do family portraits again for that year. Because yeah. So one thing for that I've reason, done... iPhone pictures don't do it. <laughs> don't yeah. It. Yeah, for sure. That's why I got into photography. The one thing that I've done is I've done like giveaways where you like, like and share and you get more followers, but then it's like, I provide pictures and I've heard a little bit of feedback like, oh, hey, I, I saw those pictures you took a so-and-so, but I don't think it's generated a lot for me. Yep. But I did do a um, gift card Christmas time thing and I didn't get a ton of sales, but I got it, it was much more successful than anything else I had done in the past. But I took a cut on it. I gave a discount. And so how often like, would you do something like that versus a full giveaway? What? Personally, what I would concentrate more on, I'm I'm a really big fan of doing educational content. Mm-hmm. And you're in a field where the <laughs> that, is just, that is endless. <laughs> it's just endless amount of um, informational content. And if you have, if your customer base, I'm just I'm just throwing out a guess here because normally when we're talking about form- family portraits, it's usually the moms that are contacting yeah, you first, sure. right? Mm-hmm. What I would do if I were you is I would build out for the next couple of months, um, a topic per week that you can do a blog post slash video post on, um, how to take amazing pictures with your phone in between amazing, um, in between a professional photo shoot or something like that. There's so many things that you can cover with that. Like it is ridiculous. You can download any one of the apps from the app store and say, Hey, I checked out this new app from um, such and such app store. Um, here's, here's some of the, here's some of the, my pictures that I took. And then here's, here's what I was able to do with this app, you know, stuff like that. Like literally the less, the list is absolutely endless mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. with what you could do with that. Right. Um, I mean, even if you wanted to, like, I don't know if you'd want to venture into this, but every time, at least once a year, you've got a guaranteed piece of content, which is new iPhone camera versus old iPhone camera. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the different results, you know, that type of thing. And you're going to build up a clientele that's going to trust 
your advice because obviously you know what the heck you're talking about. You're a professional photographer, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I would do that over giveaways. I would probably, I would maybe do a giveaway like once a quarter, like once every couple of months. Um, That's, that's me. I personally even think giveaways even less than that. Um, I, so here's my, here's the thing. Like I realize when you're trying to build a business, it's very tempting to do the like, share, comment thing because you want to see that number increase, right? But it, it's the whole quality versus quantity, right? So like, mm-hmm. do you want to have 500 quality followers on your page or do you want to have 5,000 people that don't interact and never use your services, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, to me, it makes a whole lot of sense to just patiently, organically grow that following through like what Adam said, educational content, through proving yourself to others. I would be much more incentivized to offer some sort of a referral to your past clients than I would a giveaway on social media. Um, yeah. At least my experience and all of my businesses that I've had over the years is that typically the people that are entering giveaways and the, the followers that you gain through them are generally not your customers. I can tell you example after example with Elio Mommy where we did like a large giveaway or we did you know, something like that. And that is literally the only time people interacted with us. They didn't regular shoppers. They didn't come back after that. They weren't, you know, and the that's the problem. Even with like, deal, you know, giveaways, in my opinion, are similar to doing deal sites like Groupons or like those kinds of things. And the people that are buying those are generally only doing it because they're getting a deal. They're not valuing who they're valuing the deal. So. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I've had a lot of people ask me to like give away for all these events. And I, in the beginning I was, but then I'm like, you know what? I really need to like put a hard line here that I can't be doing this for free forever. So I have started saying no more often. That a girl. And I would just say a lot around that, whether it's like number of giveaways you do a year per organization. If it's only, I only give away to organizations that are around this because it gives, once you establish those boundaries, it's very easy for you to, politely decline those giveaways and not lie to them or not have to feel like you avoid them. Like it's okay to say, I can only afford to give away four giveaways a year. They're already, you know, allocated to these places. Mm-hmm. If you to contact me in September to get on next year's list, please feel free or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. I feel like you're probably going to end up in a similar ish boat to what mm-hmm. I kind of did, which is, it's amazing to me that people look at photography and they're like, oh, it's just taking a picture. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just throw it in Photoshop, throw a couple of filters on it, and you're good to go. Like, do people not look at the price of what these cameras freaking cost? Right. And oh, number, my gosh. And number two, if you're so good at taking pictures, Janet, then why do your iPhone pictures suck? Yeah, like, right. What, why don't you go out and do it? Yeah. <laughs> shut your mouth. I'm not just For giving sure. it away. Yeah. Well, I can't, I had my first spark, my, my first idea, Shelly, this is, this, this may be a total dud, but I'm like, my, my brains are going right now. Okay. As a piece of educational content, maybe this is, this is solid maybe, but because of your unique background, Mm -hmm. what if one of the pieces of content that you did was, um, how to take the best picture possible at birth? I know. At delivery. Mm-hmm. And I did a late, I did a deliver I did a delivery photography this like a couple months ago and it filled my life forever. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Yeah, and um, like 
I don't know. I don't know which way I'd want to go about that because some people really like the real raw like look, you know. But then there's other people that are like, I'm sweaty, like I look like garbage, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. You just pushed out like a nine pound human being. Like, what do you? What do you? If I had to do that on the toilet, like I'd be sweating. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't. So I don't know how you how you're supposed to look good in that situation. And you're in a night like in a hospital gown. Like yeah. who looks good in a hospital gown? That's like that's like outfit number one not to wear to a photo yeah. hospital gown. <laughs> I I I actually do like that idea. And I like it from, you know, you talked about the, these people posting on Instagram like mm-hmm. how to get you know, this shot or whatever, like those sorts of educational pieces. But, you know, I think it'd be a cool post to have, like, or even a series of posts, like five positions to get a good shot, like five positions on your phone. Like if dad wants to get a picture of mom, have him stand at the right lower corner of the bed and point up this way or whatever, like very simple things like that to just try versus like dad standing over top of you and like taking a picture (laughs) brought a ladder (laughs) he's setting it up (laughs) i do like that idea like i think that that would be it's something i've never seen before yeah i mean yeah good job adam all right well we're starting off with fire on this podcast already episode number three (laughs) we're bringing the heat for 21 um all right, so moving on from well, possibly moving on from that. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with that page? That any of what we just kind of talked about? No, I think that was good. You answered my questions there. Awesome. Well, show is over. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, as far as the giveaways thing, um, it, it was the same way with car detailing. People looked at it and they're like, "Oh, you're just washing a car. Like, mm-hmm. how difficult is that?" Well, it's like, well, people also pay me two hundred dollars to wash their car, so mm-hmm. like, I'm not just gonna freely give it away. Um, but Shelly's absolutely right. I just had to start saying, you know what? I'm I'm only doing I'm allocating this much for giveaways or whatever this year. I've already hit my limit, or I only choose to do giveaways with um, cars and or moms or um, traffic victim, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people uh, understand that. And for anybody who's watching right now that uh, is wondering like, well, how big of a deal is this? It was like literally every week that I would mm-hmm. get hit up for to do a giveaway or to sponsor mm-hmm. something or whatever. It is it is endless when you're a business owner in Sioux Falls anyway. So that's yep. definitely something that you have to like kind of just be like, you know what? I'm only doing four per year or whatever. Yeah. I've already allocated it or not. And I don't want to downplay that either. And I do think there's, you know, before we move on, I think that there's one other um, way to approach those. And this is a completely different way. But, you know, say there's, you know, a poker run approaching you for a giveaway or, you know, we used to get hit up with all sorts of donation requests for things like we're having a fundraiser for so-and-so who has cancer or we're having a, you know, whatever, that kind of a thing, which is great. And I think that that's an amazing testament to our city that we are such a giving area like people are constantly wanting to help other people out and that's not a bad thing so I don't want to downplay it but another way to approach that is to try to team up with whatever organization that is and try to do something to give back to them so for instance you know we had um there I remember one time at Elia Mommy we did like a breastfeeding mini shoot 
Um, mm -hmm. I think we had done it a couple times. I don't remember all of the details, but it was a benefit to educated mommy, right? So like we had a photographer, to, photographer or two lined up and it was like 25 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever for the mini session. And then like half of that going back to the organization yeah. or portion of it going back to the organization. So that's another way to like turn it around, still be able to get new clients, right? Still be able to get new people to um, get an introduction to who you are, but still benefit the organization that's asking for a donation. Sure. So, I thought of that this year and then COVID hit. So I was like, well, we should probably wait on that. Yeah. Well, and depending on what it is, I mean, if you're doing something, you know, we did ours outdoors. I remember like we actually mm -hmm. did it back behind the store. Did you? Like there was some trees and stuff back there and we had picnic blankets and yeah. stuff like that set out. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you could do it, obviously, but I mean, yeah. that might be another way. Yeah. All right. So one of the other things that you talked about that I think Adam can touch nicely on for you, um, you had, um, you'd asked what to do when the client is upset about a session. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, Adam with his detailing business, I imagine uh, probably ran into this situation maybe once or twice where somebody wasn't happy yeah. with a portion or with something a customer did. All we did was deliver hotness. 100% customer satisfaction. You guys were all like shirts off, like water pouring down over oh, you. No, no, we didn't need to do that. We are still yeah, just translated into just like 100% customer satisfaction. No, um, you will, if you mm -hmm. are doing things correctly, you are going to have a upset customer. The This is very difficult to do because especially, especially in... I'll just say our profession where uh, most of what we're delivering is our labor, like our mm -hmm. experience and our labor. So you're very personally tied to what your um, to the end product, right? Um, <clears throat> it's almost an attack on, on you. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, ow, why are you going to say mm -hmm. such not nasty mm -hmm. words, Cindy? Like that hurts. Um, you have to look at it as an opportunity to, um, grow. You have to look at it from the fact of this person is either so miserable and upset with what's going on in their lives that, you know, I delivered as best as I possibly could. Um, there's nothing I could have done better. She's just going to be upset. And there's not really a whole lot that you're going to do to fix that situation other than what you can do. And this has worked for me a couple of times because miserable people will absolutely transfer that onto the person that they think is the weakest link in that chain. Mm -hmm. um, I actually remember specifically, there was this guy who um, got a deal on an interior detail. I bring the car over and um, we do our, we do our best on it. I deliver the car back and his message back to me was, you know, very abrasive and was not very happy with it. And I said, Hey man, I would love to fix any concerns that you might have. Um, when can I stop by, look at the car and um, take care of what's needing to be taken care of? At which point he's kind of dodging things and everything like that. And then this is, this is what I asked him. I said, is there, is there something going on that, you know, are you doing okay? Is there, is there anything going on that I can help out? That's, that's further than the detail. And right then, that will just almost completely disarm anyone. They will be like, oh, dang, okay, like, 
you know, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening is he ended up bringing the car back to the shop. He actually helped me detail the, oh. the rest of the interior. <laughs> okay. There was like one or two spots that we missed. And then the rest of everything, I told him, I was like, well, you see that stain that's been there for six years? We can't exactly fix that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And he was, he ended up being like a raving fan because oh. it's not you. It's what's going on in their life that, and if you just care enough to say, "Hey, what's what's going on? Like this doesn't this doesn't seem like a normal interaction from you. Like, is there something else that's going on that I can help with?" Number two, they actually are upset with the end quality of the product that they received. That they were thinking they were going to get one, and then the other one didn't deliver. Most important thing: do not give out excuses. Do not say lighting was poor. Um, my SD card was not formatted correctly, whatever it might be, because all that's going to do is just add fuel to the fire. Very mm-hmm. first thing out of your mouth is, you know what? You're absolutely right. That is not the end quality that should be delivered. Um, what can I do for you to make this right? Can I do another session? Can I, what do I got to do to make this correct? But the way that the way that to internalize that is this is a moment of growth. They actually cared enough about you and that service to tell you that something was wrong. Think about how uncomfortable it is to reach out to a business mm-hmm. and say, hey, you, you guys messed up like mm-hmm. bad. And mm-hmm. but I want you to improve on yourself. So I'm giving you feedback. Right. Sure. Um, they care enough. There's going to be a small subsection of people that are not happy with the result that they got from you and they're never going to say anything about it Mm -hmm. and but they're also going to talk crap to you Mm -hmm. crap about you to other Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and they're never going to recommend you Mm -hmm. so you can't fix that um you really have to dig to get the that opinion out of people so you look at each one of those opportunities as a moment of growth you can either fix it or you can't if you can't fix it you got to move on there's Mm -hmm. there's nothing you could have done to rectify that situation you could have been Pablo Picasso with a camera and they just still would have told you like this is absolute garbage like I can't believe you charge people for this and you're just like yeah well I'm really sorry and and make sure to get everything in writing do all this over messages too like um, only call if it's absolutely necessary because otherwise it really goes like yeah it really goes sideways because well, that's why I don't do like weddings because I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's a one and done. You mess up, you're gonna have bridezillas. Like the people who do weddings, I'm just like, you're mad awesome, and I'm just not as awesome as you are. Um, yeah. But the other thing is, like, I I know what it's like to be that mom, like running around the house, like planning outfits and getting everything, and you're stressed out, and you're trying to get the bribe the kids to smile. So I haven't had it happen, and knock on wood, but I know it's probably going to happen, and so I'm just like, I want to be prepared to provide the best service recovery I can. Cause I know how hard it is to get a family ready for pictures and to have to do that again, like to reshoot it. Oh, it would just kill me. <laughs> yep. one, of the, one of the thoughts that I had leading into this um, would be in my opinion, part of the way to have a service recovery is to have the proper service leading up to the service. Right. So, like people, expectations. Yeah. So like people are much less apt to be angry with you for something you didn't provide if you properly um, prepared them for what they needed to what your expectations of them were. Right. So like somebody could show up to the photo shoot and their kids are crabby. They stopped full of sugar. They, 
you know, whatever. And obviously there's some of that stuff that you just can't avoid, right? Some of that you can avoid by like scheduling when you schedule and all of that kind of stuff. But like, have you ever considered making sure that like, let's say if, let's say you generally book people four weeks out. Okay. So like if somebody books four weeks out, then have you ever thought of like an email funnel that is okay on week four, Hey, we're so glad you booked. Here's the details, blah, 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 blah. It's going to be outside on this day. Maybe week three, you say like, here's the top fashion um, trends for this season. If you want to consider some fashion advice, maybe week two, you say, you know, don't forget the kids take best pictures when they are, you know, when they've just had a, a proper meal, when they've had a, you know, whatever it is, I don't know what these into that. And then maybe the week of you send them a message that's like, hey, we're so excited. This is what the weather is looking like for this day. Make sure to, in order to properly plan ahead, maybe arrive at this time, bring this for snack or water, you know, whatever you would generally recommend to people. But if you idea, that, Adam, I've got an idea. That's a great, great advice, Shelly. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. So and I thought, and I read something. You have a whole, yeah. I've read something where I even send like my picture because I've dealt a lot with like families with um, lower functioning children. And mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time like during the beginning of our session just to get to know them, make them comfortable around me. And I've thought about like sending an email with a picture of me so they know what to expect and like who's going to come. So I, I like that idea. Make a personalized video for each of them. Make Ooh, a one a minute intro. No, it's not. Like let's, let's back this up. Okay. Let's say that what you want to provide for your customer service. Mm -hmm. Let's say that you want to, like, you're going to book five customers a month. Okay. So you're telling me that in order to record on your iPhone, you just record a, hey, Gaddis family, I'm really excited to see you guys on Saturday. I just want to introduce myself. My name is Paige. I have two kids, blah, blah, blah. You make a one minute video, boom, you send it, you know, via text or email or whatever. And then you specifically put in there and say, hey, mom, it's a good idea to show this to your kids so they know they can, they've heard my voice before, they've seen my face, and they might be a little bit more comfortable with me when they see me on Saturday. That would literally take you less than five minutes yeah. to schedule yeah. it out each, or each I like that. session. It's a great idea. Is there any issues with like, because I know like some videos that I send to my mom because we have different phones, they don't come clear. Is there a specific platform where it would be best? I mean, you can tell eat. people that you don't associate with Android. Like, if you, this is a thing between me and Adam. Oh, God. I want an iPhone because I have an iMac, but my phone is paid off. So I'm waiting till it dies. It's a business <laughs> write off. It's okay. Step uh, into the Apple ecosystem. No. It's great. No, I, I mean, I think you could very easily use some sort of a, a platform that you could upload it to. Dropbox. Like, yeah, just use Dropbox or even Google Drive for simplicity in the beginning. Like, yep, very simple just to send them the link instead. Yep, mm -hmm. Dropbox, you, um, however you uh, trans uh, talk with those people, you record your five videos at the beginning of the month, whatever you're going to do. And then you grab the link it, You can because you can do the shareable link. You send that yeah. link to them via text message and or email and boom, they can watch it. And there's a video player inside of Dropbox, so they can just watch it inside of there. It doesn't matter what 1980s phone that they... Mm -hmm. oh, uh, sure. They should probably have a 2000s phone. <laughs> I uh, wasn't even alive in 1980, and neither were you. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> you, you are correct. Um, so that's that's what I would use, to like Dropbox. Yeah, um, that's a great idea. Thank you. 
And if you really wanted to get fancy, even though you don't need to, Gmail and Outlook both have um, integrations with Dropbox to where like you could pull over just like one folder and then you can literally just drag and drop right into there. There's this really great thing on iMac too called iMessage where like you could, if you had an Apple iPhone, you could just literally like drag it into your iMessage and then send it right from there. And then it's while you're fo photo editing everything like that, you just go over to a different desktop. It's a, it's a fantastic thing. It's a great ecosystem. Try it sometime. Sounds nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Shelly. I'm actually a little bit salty because my $3,000 Windows computer can't seem to um, function whatsoever. And I'm about ready to toss it outside onto the oh, lawn. That's the most frustrating thing in the it world. It is because it's Windows. Uh, <laughs> can't stand Windows. I have a question I thought of switching tracks. Um, so I started at one price point because I just was like, I'm really new to this. I want to make money, but I can't. I don't have a lot of experience. So I feel like a phony charging all this money. And so it got to the point where I was comfortable increasing and I did, I don't know how much would it be? Not even like 40%, maybe 30%. And getting to that point was really hard. But once I made the jump, I feel really confident in it. How do you like do that? How do you adjust that and figure out comfortability? Do I wait till I'm too busy and I can't take more clients or? Yes. Have, this, have is ever, Adam, this is a good Adam question. Have you ever taken a band-aid off one of your children? Yeah. Just rip, rip it, it off. off. <laughs> Just rip it off. So it the first couple of times, I understand it is scary. Like mm -hmm. you get all tense and everything like that. Personally, what my uh, metric was is I just had an idea or a goal of how busy I wanted to be and if I exceeded that by quite a bit, then I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously in demand. I'm going to charge just a little bit more. There was like, there was one year where I think I raised my prices like three or four times inside that one year. It's just like, I just blew up. Like I was just mm -hmm. like, okay, well I can't possibly service people for the next six months. So, I mean, I could, but nobody's going to keep booking. So the next couple of people that would start to call in, I would just start raising the price by another $50. And People could, I guess people could probably look at that as a little shady, like mm -hmm. that's, that's slightly shady, but then what, what's a, what's a good time to do it? Like, yeah, you know, like, do you have to put out a formal post and like, mm -hmm. make sure the city is aware that you're raising your mm -hmm. prices, make sure to put it in the newspaper, like <laughs> just do it. Um, yeah. Especially because you're in a service-based kind of industry. Mm -hmm. you, you're in something that's very, very fluid. Mm -hmm. Shelly can't, Shelly can't just like decide to slap a new sticker onto an item w one day and be like, Oh, I'm going to raise the price by a dollar 50. I mean, she can, but you know, it, I don't know. It's a little bit more frowned upon with hers than it is ours. I would guess. That's not what it was, but I, it, the, the, how often do your customers repeat with you? Well, I just started in May and I've had multiple repeat customers already. Okay. So, I mean, one way to do it is like Adam said, like, especially like depending on how your pricing is already structured. So say like you just charge like a session fee and that includes X, like, is that currently how you do your pricing where it's just kind of a like package deal? Well, I have a session fee for like my full family session. I have a session fee for 15 images and then I edit all the good images. They can pick the 15 they want. And if they want more, they pay additional per image. 
So one way to do that would be to a you know raise the price on that that package, but mm -hmm. the other thing to do would be to break that down so it's more of an a la carte where you can mm -hmm. let people add on to that to add more profitability into it and find ways. So maybe it's a you know adding a, a drive file to it, or maybe it's adding the raw. I have no oh, idea sure. what you do with all of those things, but like maybe you you can figure out ways not only to just raise the package price. Mm -hmm. But for those families that want something additional or for those families that want maybe, you know, an on location shoot, there's an upcharge for there's a travel time for or maybe there's a I mean, obviously, you don't want to get carried away with like 30 different a la carte prices. And all of a sudden somebody, you know, people are accusing you of a bait and switch because they mm -hmm. advertise one price. But all of a sudden, mm -hmm. different. And, and that's what has made me afraid of that, to be honest. But I think all prior posts. But I think to me, like, it's all about transparency, right? So like, if you have a website or your Facebook page or whatever, and that stuff is all completely listed out there. Like, I don't, me, it's all about transparency. And if you're transparent that, you know, this is our, our session fee, it includes up to six family members. If I have travel time to your location, or if I'm doing it on location somewhere, there's a sit fee or whatever it is. I don't know what is typical in the photography world, but I wouldn't. I think the thing that I want to remind you with that is that in photography, you're generally investing in the person. Like I can say for us, for sure, like pretty much every one of our family photos that we've ever had done, I have invested in the person. And it's because I personally knew them, had some sort of personal connection to them. They knew my kids that, you know, whatever it was. And so I'm willing to invest in that person to support them. And for the most part, I think that's true with any entrepreneurial business. Like the majority of people are going to support you because of you and what you are coming across to them and how you are as a person. So, you know, as long as you, as long as people feel that you are worth it and that you're treating them well and providing them, you know, the service that they um, want, they're going to continue to support you, not the fact that you're like this earth-shattering photographer. Does that make well, sense? I want to be, be an earth-shattering photographer, but I mean, yes. Obviously, I mean, every, everybody wants to be the best in whatever their field is, but I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we discount ourselves mm -hmm. and the relationships that we've built. My guess is that since May, the majority of the people that you've photographed have been people that you had some sort of personal connection to. Um, and, and I think as entrepreneurs, that's usually most of our transactions are going to be relational built as long. Mm -hmm. And that's how you build a business is through relationships. One question that came out of that is, should I put my pricing on my website? I had it on my website and then doing research, somebody said, take it off so that they call you. Hotly to have debated conversation. Topic. Hotly. I, 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 I'm always going to 150% say transparency. transparency. Yeah, nothing to hide. I mean, again, everybody has their own opinions on it. My personal opinion is I want to be, I can tell you, and I know quite a few other people that feel the same way. I will never pick up the phone and say, what is your price? If I cannot mm -hmm. easily find it on your social media or on your website, I will move mm -hmm. on. Okay. Yeah, it, that's, a, that's a really hotly debated topic. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't think that either one of them is wrong, depending on mm -hmm. how you view it. And I actually did both. I did both ways. So when I was really, really busy and I had, and I was solo slash, I had one other helper. 
I had a very limited amount of time to answer phone calls and messages, um, right? And so the pricing on my website, I use that as a filter. Mm-hmm. If I, I just put it out there, like, here's my pricing. And then people that saw that, if they didn't want to pay for that, they didn't even bother messaging or calling. Boom, sure. done. Mm-hmm. I've already eliminated 25 to 50% of my calls. However, when I got busy and I had a full team of guys and everything like that, I'm not exactly sure if I if I actually did this, but the other way to look at that is I want all the phone calls. I want all mm-hmm. of that. And the reason is, is because I'm going to take down your information. I'm going to put it into my CRM. You're going to go through the whole marketing machine. And then I can eke out another five to 10% of customers because, you know, we're, we're going through the whole transaction. I don't think either one is necessarily bad. I'd probably lean towards what Shelly is saying, which is put the pricing on the website. Mm -hmm. And then that way you're not going to get just blown up all the time. You're going to get a ton of messages and phone calls anyways, Mm -hmm. but um, that can, that can act as a filter. And I'm a fan of that. The one thing that I will say about what Adam described is I think that in my opinion, that only works in certain industries. Mm -hmm. So for instance, like number of detailers there were in our area versus number of photographers there were in our area. True. Very different saturations in those markets. So if I, if I don't have a personal connection page, then I go out, you know, I see one of my friends say that they just had pictures done with her and I click on the link that they post in there and I can't easily find the information that I need. It's going to take a lot for me to personally reach out and say, Hey, I'd like some more information about this because I know 50 other photographers that, you know what I mean? I think there's a different situations there. Great advice. I had a brilliant idea. Yeah. And I know that this one is brilliant. It's more brillianter than the birthing, than the, than the birthing pictures. I have never seen a photographer do this. Maybe they have, but I've never seen anybody talk about it or do it. Do you keep all of the photos of all of your sessions? Yeah. Like the raws and everything. Mm-hmm. And you plan on keeping them for years on end? Raws, like the good ones only? Raw. Or? raw. Yeah. Yeah. All the photos, all yeah. of them. Like not the crappy you... ones, like the bad ones I delete, but all the good ones that I edit. Yes. I have all the raws, but okay. So here's an idea for you. Say that someone only pick, say someone picks a 15 photo package, right? And you mm-hmm. have 50 photo, 50 good photos of them. Here's my suggestion. Here's, here's, oh, a way... I think I know where you're going. Yes. So here's a suggestion. Those photos never go bad. And those people are always going to want to see those photos. What if a year, six months down the road, you were to reach out to them and say, and you were to edit, take five of those photos, edit them and say, hey, um, was thinking about you. Hope everything's going well. It's been six months since our photo session. Here's, Here's five other photos that I found that I just absolutely loved. I edited them really quick and wanted to send them your way to see what you think. If you would like to buy them, you can purchase them for, I don't know, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it might be. And then say, if there's any other, if you would like to see if there's any more that I can pull out, we can do another 15 photo deal. You do it for 50% off of what the actual photo session would cost because you're not having to go out there, actually take the photos. You've already. But what if I did that? What if I provided the five and then said, if you want these for a discounted price and are you interested, are you ready to book for 2021? Yeah. I mean, you could, there's a bunch of different ways you could go about it. 
but memory is so cheap nowadays. You can buy a two terabyte spinning hard drive for 55 freaking dollars. Like go out, buy yourself a fat mm -hmm. external hard drive, mm -hmm. make sure it's safe. Like it's mirrored mm -hmm. and everything like that so that you never lose those photos mm -hmm. and um, just have it to where every, um, after every session, there's a reminder or something like that that pops up after three months, after six months, whatever you want that to be. You're not having to really do any more work, right? You've already got that person hooked. You've are you they already love the photos. All you have to do is go into Lightroom slash Photoshop, do some. I know I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to degrade the the craft. I'm just saying that's mm -hmm. substantially quicker and easier than actually doing the pulling in the photos, um, doing the photo session and everything like that. You edit the five really quick and send them off. And then it's another revenue source. And that's and honestly, through the, the platform that I use, ShootProof, that all the options are on there and I can archive them. So I could just go back to the ones they didn't purchase and then send those. They're already yeah. ready. I'm, so I'm, a big, I'm a big fan, though. Uh, use, use that service. I'm a really big fan of keeping all that stuff local. Yeah, I agree. it's so cheap to memory is so cheap. Just keep mm -hmm. it local because well, you never, I do. Okay, I do. You, you I never know what kind of compression they're going to do or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, how much do you do senior? Like, how much senior session have you got into? I've done like four sessions this fall, and I loved them. So. I, I had now it's my light bulb going off here. So I have this thought. So like most of the time when you're doing a senior session in the fall, it's because a for senior pictures, right? And the place that you use senior pictures in the fall is going to be for like the announcements, the you know, the stuff you need for yearbook, like those school kind of things that you use them for. As I'm assuming as you come into like this time of year now, so the January, February, March, all of those families of seniors are now having to figure out what they're doing for the other side of stuff, right? So now they're needing images for different reasons. Are there places for you to remarket, same idea that Adam has, but could you offer to put together their, um, their party collage of pictures? Could you offer to put together a video collage of them? Could you like what can you sell them on in March that would simplify their life? Because when you took these pictures back in August for them, they're like, oh, I'm going to do this with it. And I'm going to do this with it. And I'm going to do this with it. And they are thinking they have all of this time in the world to do these like really cool collages and whatever else. But could you offer that service to them and say, you know, send them some sort of a teaser of, you know, here's a here's a preview of a graduation announcement I can do for you. Here's a preview of a photo board I can do. Here's a preview of a video collage that I can throw, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, is that a service that you can now remarket to them that they look at that and say, shoot, for a hundred bucks, like that would save me five hours of time. Heck yeah, mm -hmm. done. Like, mm -hmm. because they're feeling overwhelmed with all of the mm -hmm. other stuff they have to do. And outsource mm -hmm. that stuff to Fiverr. Just hire someone 20 bucks on Fiverr, just kick through those babies like no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I know that only applies to senior sessions, but maybe like, I think Adam's really onto something there with like, I think there's, that, cards. Yeah, I mean, there's cards. Money, I know, honestly, like not to plug somebody else right now, but I know Amy Lawrence does a fantastic job of doing Christmas cards for her clients like year round. She, and then they come back to her and she has a huge business in like October of putting together Christmas cards for people 
with photo sessions that they had because guess genius. what? It's oh, that's a genius The best thing that happened to me was I got all these Christmas cards in the mail of pictures I took. I was like, this is so amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a great, great. idea. But I think that there's all there's quite a few, you know, I was trying to think when Adam was talking, like from the younger side, I think you're probably a little bit limited. But again, if you have the information on your clients, like so say you do a birth photography for somebody, start marketing to them when baby is nine months, you like, hey, first birthday is coming up and I ought you like, here's a collage of this. Here's a you know, start trying to think of those milestones. Um for whatever stage of life that they're coming, maybe it's an anniversary, maybe it was a family photo shoot and, you know, mom and dad's anniversary is in June. So maybe in, you know, April, you mark it out to them and say, hey, you want, I have, we got this really awesome pic of you and your husband at our photo shoot. What a great anniversary gift to give them whatever, you know. On, on kind of that same vein, you, you won't do this, but it would be hilarious. If you took senior photos and then a year later at like Christmas time, the next year, you send them a couple of other photos and you're like, how's the freshman 15 going? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you looked like last year. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, I would not do that. Oh, my God. Yeah, can you even letter the back anymore? <laughs> oh, my God. Horrible, Adam. <laughs> oh, yeah, funny. don't do that. That would be a bad one. But it would be hilarious to see. It would be. Adam, when do you want pictures? <laughs> um, uh, you can talk to my wife. I'm I, okay. I'm not. Oh, speaking of which, shout out to Jess. She started her first day at her new job today. Oh, cool. Yay, Jess. That's why she's not watching. Uh, I don't know if she's watching or not. Maybe she is or not. She hasn't commented anything yet. So. I know what I'm saying. She, that's why she's actually working. Jess can help you spreadsheet out these all these anniversaries mm -hmm. and days. She would love to do it. It would be it would be her life's greatest gift. Jess will take off all of your bookkeeping off of your hands. Well, that's True. cool, though. Um, but I have two seniors coming up in the next two years, Paige. So yeah. There you go. All right. So we are in our last five minutes. Check that out. How quickly did that go by? That went really fast. Like the speed of a shutter button. Yeah. Boom. It's like in that, that was really bad, Adam. <laughs> You're welcome. So for the last five minutes, we always let our guests talk about whatever they would like to talk about. So you can talk about your business. You can talk about whatever. You can tell us about your kids. You can tell us what an amazing person your husband is. You can. You yeah, let's can talk about daddy. How's daddy? daddy? Oh, my husband. He's great. His name is Jared. He is currently, I'm so excited. We're finishing our basement. It's been a six year project. Dang. We've done it ourselves. Like I literally hung every stone on our fireplace. I wired outlets. I laid the flooring. I, I'm very handy. Um, <laughs> we are on doors and trim. And I cannot tell you every time he finishes like a piece of trim, I want to cry. Like my house is almost done. So he's working really hard at that. So that's well exciting. Jared's pretty awesome. Jared comes out and uh, cruise for our balloon sometimes, Adam. So. Yeah, he's been too busy lately, but that's fun. You guys get high together, huh? Yeah. Okay. We do. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I've got two kiddos. Jonah, he's five, and he is a spitting image of my husband, but he has brown eyes like me. He's in JK, and my daughter Mackenzie is three, and she is as sassy and fierce as one can get. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Sounds familiar. 
I, I do a well, lot of praying regarding that child. Is is JK junior kindergarten? Junior kindergarten. How many different kindergartners kindergartens are there? I don't know. He's he the same thing school. What? Yeah. The same thing as pre K. Oh, so you don't go from pre K to junior kindergarten no. to like no. senior kindergarten kindergarten. No. <laughs> Yikes. No, he'll be a kindergartner next year. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah. yeah it's exciting. So you so is the other one does the little girl beat up the the older one? Oh my gosh, terrible! Yeah, yeah. Jonah Jonah's usually an angel, but he actually chopped her hair off this short. Bad <laughs> boy! All over with three pairs of scissors that we have like high up that he snuck into the basement. And while I was getting on him to clean his bedroom because Grandma and Grandpa were coming to stay, he chopped her hair off while I was cleaning his room. Hmm. And so it's been about a year, and now you she has to watch like, out for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, I he has thinking, a beautiful mullet. I, I think that's a like life lesson of like, this is what you get for cleaning your kid's room. This is why yeah. I don't clean my kid's rooms. <laughs> for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but no, she bites and she pinches and she's a very big instigator. God, you just gotta, so you just gotta learn how to like, you just gotta learn how to like channel that, that energy and that fierceness eventually. Yeah, I know it's almost 16 that I've had to learn how to channel all that page. I can oh. I got I got a few years up on you on that. Yeah, regard. give me some tips. We uh we enjoy telling the stories of how she used to color all over our walls. When we were finishing our basement, she's probably uh, she was younger than or older than um your daughter, but there was so this is how we're gonna end the the session today with a story. So uh, we were finishing our basement and had just gotten like sheetrock and painted and that kind of stuff up on the walls. And I had a home office down there and I went down there one day and in black Sharpie marker, she had written her name. Like she learned how to write her name. She claimed that wall. Yeah. In Sharpie, black Sharpie on the wall. And so it was one of those things, like I couldn't even be mad. Like you wrote your name, like. And I'm, you know, internally laughing hysterically at this. So I call her down there and I'm like, hey, what is this? What does that say? And she just stares at me. Like the entire time, there's just this like blank stare ahead of me. Wouldn't like smile, wouldn't like nod, didn't cry, like nothing. Just like this stone face at me. And I was like, whose name is that? And it was probably a good two or three minutes and she wouldn't answer me nothing. I finally said, you know, I, you're not going to get this at this age, but I'm going to be able to tell the story for years and years and years. And the next time that you decide to write on a wall in Sharpie, write your brother's name. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Jonah's done the same. Jonah's done the same. Wrote his name on his dresser with permanent marker. Mm-hmm. Oh, she wrote on our cupboards in our house. She has written on every vehicle seat we've ever owned. Oh, my gosh. She just was creative. Oh, kids are yeah, so that's, wonderful. That's creative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It was really good. I loved the session. Hopefully it was helpful to you. It was. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, we're going to end this session the way that we end all of them. And um, I always tell everybody, peace out, Brussels sprout. And we see you next week.